Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Every Marvel Movie Ever. I am your host, Gabe Thomas. With me, as always, is your co-host, Francisco Alcala. And today, we are talking about Guardians of the Galaxy. Great to be talking about this, because it is a wonderful, wonderful movie. I was a little afraid, because I think this is one we've both seen, like, an actual hundred times. This is one of the few Marvel movies that I've seen thousands of times. It's just, like... It's hard to avoid, honestly. This this was such a huge deal when it came out, which is so surprising because nobody knew who these characters were until this movie was on its way. But then it made like $800 million. It was like this huge thing. You didn't even have to be a comic book fan to see it because it's so loosely connected to the, the MCU. I mean, where it was at that point. It was like Thanos, but people didn't really even know who that was in the Avengers when he showed up for 20 seconds. So Yeah, it's very... like isolated and it kind of just feels more like a space space cowboys <laughs> it does feel like a, a space cowboy one of my favorite descriptions of this movie i ever heard is it's star wars but everyone is han solo <laughs> which is a little accurate in, in a and way also everyone's the soundtrack very cool is from the what the late 70s yeah late 70s early 80s which is of course Perfect. one of the <laughs> one of the best parts of the movie the soundtrack i think that was the first soundtrack that doesn't have a single original song that was like nominated for like a Grammy or something for best soundtrack, but there's no original music. It's all just found music, but it works so well in the world that it doesn't matter. Every single song on that album is perfect. I do have a complaint for marketing about this, and I understand of course why would you do, why you would do it. But they sell like the cassette tapes for like Awesome Mix Volume One, Volume Two, and it's like Nobody all has a cassette player. <laughs> well, no, actually, this like skyrocketed the sale of cassette players. People were just buying them because it looked cool <laughs> in this movie, and pe- you know, people were buying the album. So they try to make the album look all authentic. It's pretty cool. It's got like, it's just like handwritten on the back, all the song titles and their slashes. But Ain't No Mountain High Enough and I Want You Back sh- are on Awesome Mix Volume 2 because he plays them at the end on Volume 2, but in the cassettes it's on Volume 1. So they tried to make it all authentic, but then they put songs that would be on a different album on that first album. Those songs were in this movie, though. They're in this movie, but it's on the other cassette tape. So oh, when they yeah, that's sell... right. Yeah, because they only play because he got them yeah, at the end of the movie. So he should have those should be on if you're going to be authentic about it which they're trying to be then you should put those on volume two but i understand get it together marvel get it together marvel your movie fucking sucks your movies <laughs> suck because you mess something up in marketing that doesn't matter because you accidentally put two more songs on a cassette player <laughs> or on a cassette tape that should be on a different cassette tape. how dare you shame on you no, but honestly, this album, I feel like I feel like this is one of those albums that helped me find music, because <laughs> I feel like for a while, you kind of just listen to whatever your parents listen to when you're young, and then eventually you start branching off and finding your own stuff. But this introduced me to like David Bowie and stuff like that, that I've just, I listen to all the time now. I, I should say off the bat, I do prefer Volume 2. I think uh, Guardians Volume 2 and the soundtrack, I think both of those are better, and I like them more. But all every song on here is like perfect, and I've heard it a million times. But something that bothers me if we're talking about music, if I can just keep complaining about this 9 out of 10 star movie, <laughs> is just they do this thing, and this is a common movie thing because you have to make it like snappier. But it sucks when you like really know a song, and they're playing the song, and then they'll cut to a different point in the song. It like throws me off. Like There's a part when they're listening to Moon Age Daydream when they're first getting to nowhere. And it's like this verse, and then it goes right to the chorus when there's another verse in between. And I was like, no, that's wrong. But it doesn't matter. It's just one of those things that's yeah, always think, a little odd. I think odd. that's just a you thing. Everybody knows okay. that that happens. But All right. Just... I know it happens. It just threw me off because I was into it. And then they <laughs> cut, and I was like, that's not right. Give me my music, that's movie. Not what that's not. Yeah, I should just be listening to the soundtrack, honestly. That's my problem. But directed by James Gunn. I didn't realize until I was looking into it, and I guess I knew this, but I didn't think that James Gunn had only directed four movies. Like He's written tons of movies, but he's only directed Slither, Super, and then the two Guardians movies, and then the Suicide Squad coming up. And I like three out of four of those movies a lot. I think they're pretty great. Um, Which one do you not like? Super is weird and kind of... I was going to watch it again before we talked about it, but then I, I had to do other stuff, unfortunately. 
because I saw it, I was probably too young to have even seen it, but there's like, I don't know, it's it's kind of like an edgy thing for me. I think it's... About? I feel like I recognize the name. Okay, so it's Rain Wilson, it's Dwight Schrute from The Office, and he has his wife, and his wife starts dating Kevin Bacon, and she leaves him, and he, Kevin Bacon's like a bad guy, he's like a drug dealer, and Dwight is like, okay, well I'm gonna hunker down, I'm gonna become a superhero, and I'm gonna <laughs> destroy Kevin Bacon or whatever, but he's just a normal guy. But in a super, it's kind of like Kick-Ass, but a little more realistic. Because even at the end of Kick-Ass, he's got like the jet pack with the mini guns. It goes a little crazy. Um, it's like, is, I thought this was supposed to be realistic, but whatever. It's still fun. But Super, it's literally a guy in a super a superhero costume, and he's just beating people with a wrench. <laughs> like He's just a guy with a wrench yeah, I, I think beating I people up. And he gets raped by Ellen Page. Oh. Because Ellen Page is like his sidekick. But he's like 30, and she's like... 18 and she rapes him and it, that made me super uncomfortable yeah that's not great and there's yeah there's a lot of stuff in that movie and i wanted to watch it again just because it's been so long and i want to see if maybe i like it more now but like if i if i get it now or something because people really like that movie and i don't know I'll, I'll definitely watch it before we talk about guardians 2 though because i would like to remember but i did watch slither again did you end up watching that? I, I did not okay <laughs> well, that's a super super gross movie i, I really loved re-watching it though it's really great what is that and what is that about <laughs> it basically is meteor falls to earth and it's full of like alien slugs and the slugs infect michael rooker <laughs> from yondu and then he's going crazy and he's like he's basically becomes like this parasitic zombie thing where all these people are infected with these alien slugs and there's this huge sack that's actually this woman <laughs> like he's been feeding this woman and she's become giant and then she explodes and there's this sack of alien slugs and they infect everybody and then everybody's just like they're all just hungry all the time it's a whole thing but basically it's an alien zombie movie and it's fucking disgusting like it is so gross but it's pretty great thanks james gunn thanks james gunn <laughs> because he started at trauma we should we should point yeah, out which that, we're big fans yeah, of i think uh i think most people are aware of that because of James Gunn's controversy. Oh yeah, which is you know dumb. But again, that it's kind very of dumb. It was part of his job. Kind of feeds it. into that like Slither and and Super. You kind of get that. In fact, there's actually a scene. Not only does Lloyd Kaufman have a cameo in Slither, he also has a cameo in Guardians of the Galaxy, actually. Which I never caught until I watched it recently because I didn't know who Lloyd Kaufman was. <laughs> Um, last time I watched the movie, so I just thought it was a weird old guy. Yeah, which is great <laughs> which, to see I mean, him. He is a weird old guy. Oh, yeah. Big but... <laughs> but now it's like, oh, he's that weird old guy. <laughs> so there's two cameos in this. Actually, three, because Nathan Fillion is the big blue alien monster, and Nathan Fillion is the main character in Slither. So that's a cool little thing. But there's a scene in Slither where Toxic Avenger is playing on the TV, <laughs> which is pretty funny. And he doesn't really do it in Guardians 2, unfortunately, but it's it's always nice to see him do that. Because before he was a director, James Gunn wrote, like, the Scooby-Doo movies. That's what I will always know him for. This <laughs> and Troma and Scooby-Doo 1 and 2, the live-action movies. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> my boy Matthew Lillard. And he also wrote, like, a movie called The Specials and The Belko Experiment. Like, he was a... And he, oh, he wrote the Dawn of the Dead remake, actually, that Zack Snyder directed. So he's written tons of stuff, but he directed... He's been anything. around for a while. <laughs> he's been a, Yeah, he's been around for a while, but it was, this is, like, his first... Because Slither and, and Super are kind of lower budget things, then here's a huge Marvel Hollywood movie. Do you know how he got hired for this? I don't know. Based on his previous work, it'd be weird if they're like, you'll make a Disney movie for yeah, us. Yeah, like I don't understand how they found him when all he had done is like written a couple movies been part of trauma <laughs> and like directed two low budget movies. Super gross low budget movies. Yeah. yeah. So Let's let's give you these super obscure characters and make a comedy. Well, whatever led to him being hired, it was a good decision. It, it was a good decision, he... but I just don't know how they found him. No, me either. I don't know either. He must have. I mean, I guess he just has lots of connections from working all over the place. Maybe there's lots of big. I mean, there are lots of like big actors in in Super and Slither, so I'm sure I'm sure he found his way around but yeah you know, that's a very good question i have no idea why they were like this guy this guy will do it because we gotta get james gunn on the show <laughs> yeah we gotta get james we gotta ask him personally because <laughs> he's not busy he's not making a nope a huge movie right now or anything but yeah guardians of the galaxy like we both said we love it we've seen it so many times this like is this... one of the few movies that 
my entire family loves. <laughs> oh yeah, no, this whole movie is just like ingrained in my memory. Like every every single line, every single moment, and. I was. I'm always worried when I watch movies like that. No matter how many times I've seen them, because I'm worried it won't hold up. But this absolutely did. It was. It was. It gets better every time. It's just a wonderful film with perfect characterization, great action, amazing set pieces. This is probably the best looking Marvel movie. It's a very pretty movie. Yeah, like it's. It just looks incredible. Like there's no. There's none of those like gray scenes that we talk about where it's like ah uh, looks a little colorless. Like everything is just so full of life. It's. It's really beautiful and just... Who would have guessed that space is pretty? <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't always look that way depending on how you yeah. shoot it. And I guess we don't even need to explain the story because everybody's, everybody's Everyone seen has this. seen this movie. There's no way you haven't. This mo- I guess we should just talk about the characters because the five core characters, every performance is perfect. Oh, also, maybe Chris Pratt's canceled, by the way. I don't know if you heard about that. What do you do? Aside from that, he's great in this. There are things that don't work for me. I don't want to be so like negative. Vin Diesel. <laughs> no, Vin Diesel brought it. This is his best performance, I would say, because he says four words in the yeah, movie. Yeah, he, sa- he says one line. <laughs> yeah, it's one line, and then one tiny different line yep. where it's just the same thing, basically. I want to see the script that they gave him because apparently mm, they yeah. have the ch- the translations for everything he's saying. Right. But I'm very curious what that <laughs> script actually looks like. I'm sure it would say, like, really uninterested. I'm sure it would just be like, I agree with you guys. <laughs> like, it probably would yeah, say I'm sure it's, crazy. it's, like, it's nothing, like, amazing. But mm. I still want to see it because I'm just curious. <laughs> and you know he did it in every language? Like, he did it in every version. He would say it in different languages. And he recorded it, like, thousands of times. I think he recorded it wearing stilts too. Like there's this whole I would love I think there is footage of him recording the lines but it's just the whole, everything behind it is so funny. Like he wasn't just sitting in a sound booth begrudgingly being like I am Groot. Yeah, I, am I mean Groot. I'm I'm glad he had fun with it at least. Yeah, he really did. <laughs> I don't know if he was on set doing it. I would imagine he probably was, but I don't know. Because I know Sean Gunn is, is usually the fill-in for Rocket Raccoon. So he's, you always see him in set Getting pictures. like in a, in a Yeah, exactly. In like a mocap <laughs> suit and everybody's like looking down at him. And that's always funny. And of course he plays Craglin in this movie. He has his own character too. Um, but yeah, no, those... Those two characters also, it's like, I feel like since we've seen them f- four times now, we we just have to talk about how great those effects are. Like, they Rocket are... Raccoon looks like a raccoon. He does yeah. not, you never, there's one moment where he's like in the prison, he's wet, and it looks kind of weird when you see the back of him. He's got like the things in his back. It doesn't look great. Um, I don't think it looks that bad. Yeah, yeah. I think also I, I'm, I was looking for it because that was always the moment I remembered it not looking as good. But also that's so brief, and he just he looks fly. Like there's parts where like there's the part where he's like lying down, um, and then he gets up and his fur is like matted to the side of his face. It looks great. Like it's just so much attention to detail there, and with Groot, like Groot looks great. There's there's never a moment where I'm not like that's a big tree. Like yeah. that's a raccoon. That's a tree. The effects people did an amazing job, just like making it super convincing that, yep, it's just a talking raccoon and a giant talking tree. Like they they're here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And not only did I mean did they do great, but the makeup people doing Gamora and Drax, it was like five hour processes. Yeah, those. Especially is, with Drax, that is a lot of detail. Right, each tattoo, yeah. And I, and also, more props to Zoe Saldana and Dave Bautista. Like, everybody just completely brought it. And no matter what Chris Pratt's up to, he lost, like, 60 pounds. Yeah, he was impressive for this movie. Yeah, because he was, he was Andy Dwyer on Parks and Rec. He's, like, the lo- lovable goofball yeah, character. He was he was a little bigger before, and he very quickly oh, yeah. slimmed down for this movie. Yeah, apparently it was, like, so painful, that process of losing 60, because he didn't, like, a couple months, he lost yeah, 60 I, pounds. I, I can imagine that that would be painful. <laughs> yeah, but it was worth it. I mean, it I mean, great. it's like, what, losing, like, a third of your body? Like Probably, yeah. No, he's... He or has, just, like, replacing all of your fat which is muscle <laughs> it's an incredible transformation there's actually on parks and rec because he's like he goes he goes on like vacation when he's making guardians of the galaxy like the character goes on vacation or whatever and then he comes back and he's like ripped and they're like so the only thing you did was stop drinking beer yeah i lost 50 pounds in one month how much beer were you drinking <laughs> i know right probably too much 
oh, what happened? And he's like, oh, I just stopped drinking beer. And they're like, you drink, <laughs> you must have been drinking a lot of beer, which is I thought was so funny. Like <laughs> that would turn him into like this muscular man. Is that not how it works? No, that's exactly how it works. Sobriety if, just makes you huge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's exactly that's the only uh, good thing about it. Actually, <laughs> that's the only reason to get sober is is because you will gain muscle mass. You are guaranteed to become absolutely ripped. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to do anything else. Yep. As long as you stop drinking, <laughs> you'll be fine. You'll become a muscle man. They'll cast you in all their movies. People kind of complain about Drax and Guardians 2 because they think he's too jokey. He's definitely more restrained in this, I think. He's got the sarcasm thing, but it doesn't go too far. A lot of the quips don't work for me in this. A lot of the references, I think, are really annoying when he's like, oh, Ninja Turtle, uh, uh, Ark of the Covenant, Maltese Falcon, Bonnie and Clyde. Like, I yeah. get it. He's from Earth. They're okay. But I think the Kevin Bacon one is, is pretty good. <laughs> that one's fine because it has a payoff. Yeah. But most of the time it's like, okay, yeah, I've seen Indiana Jones. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, there, <laughs> I understand. there's a couple of, He's of from references Earth. that are kind of just there. They like, don't really serve a purpose. The music tells you that he's from Earth. Like, that's, that's the only yeah, connection that's, you need. That's really all you need. But, I mean, like, a couple... A couple quips here and there isn't horrible, but I I feel like it's not even that they're bad. He just makes too many. Yeah, he does. And there's if couple, there was like if they had um, the same ones, but then they just took out a couple, I think it would be fine. It would probably be fine. It's probably yeah. It wouldn't be as noticeable at least. And it's also because again we've seen this so many times. It's like every line, it's like okay, he's, he's, he's gonna <laughs> say the thing about this and. It's uh, again nitpicky, but definitely, definitely not my favorite element of the film is all the references. Isn't this where the MCU starts to just take a turn to just every everyone's a comedian? <laughs> Kinda, yeah. Uh, Age of Ultron's the worst at that. Yeah. Age of Ultron, every every line is a quip. Every think, line is a speech or a quip. In that yeah, movie. I I think they. This is where it starts to just be like, well, everyone needs to make jokes now. So it starts mm-hmm. off kind of rough. I think they got better at it over time. Like, yeah, yeah, they probably did, or at least you get used to it. It's probably more <laughs> just you get used to yeah. it. Yeah, le- they they at least understood to not just fill the movie with quips like Age of Ultron. They, right, they toned you know, it down a little yeah. bit. <laughs> yeah, no, Age of Ultron's crazy, but we'll be talking about that soon. That's literally our next episode, so no, uh, we'll, we'll get there. And I really like that movie, but yeah, no, I'm, quips I'm galore. I'm looking forward to that episode specifically because I don't know how I feel about it. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's one I've seen. Or at uh, least I don't remember how I feel about it because I've only seen it once. It was when it first came out, so... Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, my God. Wow, okay. I mean, I still actually remember a lot about it, and I think I liked it when I first saw it. Like, mm-hmm. I thought it was, like, maybe, like, a seven. Like, it was, okay. was alright. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk it. about it. I have, I have tons to say about that. Like I've probably said before, I think every superhero movie from probably Homecoming back, I've seen so many times. <laughs> like, just a ridiculous amount of times, those ones, so... We'll, Any we'll of the talk movies that came it. out before three years ago, yeah. I've seen thousands of times. Probably. That's <laughs> when I didn't have anything else to do. <laughs> I was just watching these fucking what, movies. What, like now? <laughs> yeah, like now. Actually, talking about Captain Marvel, even though all that's going to get cut out, we were talking about Captain Marvel. But Ronan, who shows up in that movie. Oh, he does? Yeah, he does briefly, because that's in the 90s, and that movie has done tons of Kree stuff in it, so he's there. Yeah. Ronan, not a great character. He's fine. Not even a character. He's just a plot point, pretty much. Yeah, I remember when I first saw this in the theater, that moment where he hits the guy in the head with the hammer was, like, really scary to me. Because I was, like, 10, and he's, like, this guy's here, and he's just stuck, and he smashes I mean, his head that in. is inherently a terrifying thing. That's horrifying. <laughs> I thought that hammers in these movies were friendly and good. I thought that you just call them meow meow or whatever the fuck, but now... I thought hammers were for the good guys. <laughs> yeah, hammers were, but now they're taking hammers back. Back, and that man's head has been destroyed. That's like a very violent <laughs> to have in this movie. Yeah, a there's little, some little. some pretty good violence in this for for like a Disney movie because I guess it's like creatures, so you can do whatever you want. Like in Lord of the Rings, those should be R-rated movies, but it's orcs and they have green blood, so you can do whatever you yeah, want. If, if there's one things that 
if there's one thing that media is good at, it is absolutely obliterating creatures that don't have red blood because then it's not considered violence. <laughs> yeah, I mean, remember that dragon? Like, or no, then it's considered cartoon violence according to video games. Yeah, then you put it on the back of cartoon violence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sexual themes. Yeah, you can't have any sex or language in your movie, but you can have as much violence as you, yeah, you, as you want. Yeah, as much blood as you want. It's rated G. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I'm all for, for violence, so it's fine. I'm not <laughs> complaining. I just think that's funny. I am an advocate for violence I'm in not an advo- any situation. Not an advocate for the MP. But I am an advocate for tons of violence in these movies, and yeah, no, there's there's definitely the joke about the prosthetic leg. I thought that was the peak of comedy when I was ten. I think it's still the peak of comedy. Oh, it's still hilarious. It's hilarious, and then he does it again with the eye later. Little things like that that are such good character stuff. I mean, Drax in this is definitely a lot more like he's tougher. He's still. You know, comedy character kind of in this, yeah, especially as the movie he's still goes big, on. Big dumb comedy character, but, but he starts a little tough. He starts menacing, which is is good. Yeah. But it's not long before he's like, I, it's in that first scene. Like he starts, and it's like they're scared of him, but then immediately he's like, "I like your knife. I'm keeping it." Which great yeah. line, but it does instantly <laughs> like diffuse <laughs> that character as being a. I mean, not necessarily. It, yeah. It's like it's like the start. And then, like, in all the scenes after, it's just progressively just getting less and less intimidating. That's probably true. <laughs> That's true. That's when everybody is funny. Even Gamora is funny. Yeah. <laughs> Even Gamora is making those very... Everything she says is like, No, you fool! You'll kill us all! <laughs> but it's good, because that's what, that's what it should be. I'm glad that there's a little bit... a little. For some reason, I got caught so off guard whenever Drax would call Gamora a whore. <laughs> oh, yeah, because that's surprising to have in a Disney <laughs> Those are the moments that remind you it's written by James Gunn, when there's yeah, stuff like that. Just, just out of nowhere... Drax is just like you whore. I was like, oh my god, the screen whore. <laughs> it's my friend. Yeah, I know. It's it's definitely surprising. And there's still that also shows how funny this movie is. There's a lot of jokes, no matter how how many times I've seen it, that still catch me off guard. Like <laughs> there's still things that will yeah. always be funny. If we're talking about some of the the more risque jokes in this, there's that whole thing that he talks about where Peter Quill's talking about all the women he slept with <laughs> they've all tried to kill him or whatever and there's that girl at the beginning who he's like in the ship when he's doing the whole that whole chase which is such a good joke that gets me every like it's just <laughs> I forgot you were here that also kind of sets him up to be more of like a playboy character than he ends up being in the movie yeah a little in any of the movies there is stuff like that where it's like because that's how he is in the comics or whatever, and then they kind of turn it around to make it like, oh, but now he's just funny. <laughs> now, now he's just funny. Now he's just he the funny haha half god man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I pose this to some of our nerd friends. Does it make sense that he can breathe in space, or that he can't breathe in space in that scene where he saves Gamora, even though he's half god? And they all seem to come to the consensus that. If he's on Ego's planet, that's when his powers kick in. I don't think that makes any sense. That does not make any sense, because if that were true, he wouldn't have survived when he grabbed the stone. Yes, exactly. They they make it very clear that that's why he survived for so long, because he's part god. Yeah, well, they even say that at the end of the movie. They don't say he's part celestial, but they they hint at him being like half something. That's why you were able to hold the Infinity Stone. They essentially spell it out that because of whatever the other half of him is, he survived the stone. Right. So clearly his powers don't just work on Ego's planet, they work everywhere. So he should be able to, he should be fine in space is what I'm saying. In that scene, he should be okay because he can be in, he can be flying around in space when he's when he's got celestial powers, yeah, it feels very weird that he can survive the full power of one of the Infinity Stones, per, like almost by himself. But the one thing he can't survive is being out in space. Yeah, no, it doesn't really make sense. I feel like I feel like that's backpedaling to be like, uh, no, it's actually because he was I on. Think, I think it's okay. I All mean, right. he has to have some kind of weakness. I guess. I just think it doesn't hold up it's as just far his, as what It's his human lungs. <laughs> yeah, it must because he's half human. That makes sense. He has one human lung and one alien yep. lung. One celestial lung. That's great. Um, it I doesn't mean, matter. Okay, it's, if we're being yeah. fair, he pretty much would have died if he was a normal human in space. I, I mean, guess yeah, so. he did get all like frozen over or whatever, but he didn't die. So he can at least survive for a little longer than a normal person can. I guess you're right, because there's that scene 
in the second movie where they're like sending everybody out the airlock and they die pretty much instantly. Yeah. So maybe it makes sense. I just when I saw that this time I was like, does that totally yeah, add it, up? It, I don't know, it but... takes a little bit of thinking, but I I think it's just like, yeah, it's like it's whatever. It's whatever, and also. Again, nitpicky. It doesn't make. It doesn't matter. I just think it's fun. Yeah, that's to, not what's important about that scene. <laughs> postulate some some questions like that. I think it's fun to, you know, challenge yeah. these movies a little bit since we've all seen them so much. Of the action sequences, the one at the end. There's probably a couple minutes where I'm kind of like out of it, where it's just like spaceships shooting yeah, each other. It, it's a lot of just explosions. It's not because it's bad. It's just because we've seen it so much now. It was more exciting then, I think. Just just a little bit, because now it's like that's everything. <laughs> like, we've had so many Star Wars movies that end like that. Yeah, and... I feel like a lot of blockbuster movies kind of end the same. Yeah, yeah. Big yeah. fight with a bunch of things exploding, a bunch of people dying. Like, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <it's> like... <laughs> Yeah, just get on. We want to see the main characters again. We don't really care about any of these unnamed extras. <laughs> that's true. Although I do like the um, well, I like seeing the Nova Corps. That's cool. Yeah, that is that's pretty cool. And I really like the Yondu arrow scene. Is great when he when he rips everybody apart with that arrow. Yeah, that's wonderful. I never understood how that thing worked. <laughs> well, it's just controlled by. Well, yeah. it's controlled by his whistle, but I, he flies I, it with his heart. If you remember. I yeah, I I do remember. Tears. How does, how does that? logistically work. doesn't matter <laughs> again it's like one of those things it's like cool in universe how does this thing work <laughs> i don't know maybe he has like a some sort of implant that allows him to control it and that's how he controls it seems like an oddly specific implant again no, it doesn't matter these things don't matter <laughs> that scene is awesome and it's in the comics you know he's like an archer and so they're like how do we make that cooler <laughs> Just we'll, make him, just make him whistle. Give him, give him like this crazy sci-fi thing. That's all right. He's so good. He's great. Yeah, he's a great character. And I think Mike Rooker's been all of James Gunn's movies. Actually, they're, they're really good friends. And he's in um, Suicide Squad. I think it's part of the reason why I like Yondu so much. He's <laughs> Michael Rooker, and I love. Yeah, Michael it's Rooker. probably because of the actor. <laughs> if I had to guess, why you like that character? I mean, it's I do like, I do like the character too. No, Michael I'm saying yes. Yes, Michael Rooker is just too good. But that the opening sequence, I I that's another thing I would it's kind classic. of complain about with later Marvel movies, even with Guardians two a little bit, where they'll do something in, intensely emotional and personal, and then jokes a minute later. But this has the perfect segue because it's that horrific scene of him in the hospital with his mom, and he's just like freaking out, and he runs out, and he gets sucked up, and it's like. Like, again, people who I've talked to who have seen this movie but aren't into any of this stuff, like, that's a scene that sticks with them. Like, people remember that scene with his mom, and then he gets abducted because it's just so well done and so intense. And I'm Not in Love by 10CCs playing. It's just, like, this beautiful scene. And then he runs out, and it's not instantly he's doing the dance. Like, he's exploring the world, and it's, like, it's very grounded sci-fi. He's just on this rainy planet. Like, it's still dramatic. But then when the cross happens and he takes the mask off and he puts the headphones on, and he's, like, kicking water and singing with lizards and stuff. Like, it's yeah. it's deserved. And it I puts like, you into the, the tone of the movie. I feel like there was enough, like, time in between that scene happening and then him putting on, like, the headphones. Right. That's, like, it wasn't exactly. just... He didn't just cut directly to that. That would have felt really weird, and that's something that they sometimes do. Yeah. Yeah, like, in, the, in Guardians 2, there's the bit when Ego is like, yeah... I, put that tumor in your mom's head and it's like like fucking shocking but then a second later he's turning into david hasselhoff and and it's like beating his dad up as pac-man as pac-man it's like well that's that's a little late but like immediately after yeah i mean like the next thing he does is he's like cameo and it's like that's such a that's like a jaw-dropping moment i remember the theater it was just silent and everybody was like oh when that when he said that but then a minute later it's like everyone's laughing again it's It's not like endgame when a character dies and then they mourn them for a couple seconds and then back to jokes yeah (laughs) it's it's a lot of jokes um that's a great movie i can't talk trash about that movie i love it but infinity war is still better i love all these (laughs) yeah of course it is but I wish John C. Riley was in more of this. He's really great too, when he's in it. I just really, I, I mean, I kind of just like John C. Riley in general, so more of him is already good. Mm-hmm. But I, I do really like his character in this movie. And then he's not even in the second one, and that made me sad. No, yeah, he's like super sympathetic in this and and wonderful. And then he's not really in the other one, <laughs> which is a real shame because pretty much everybody's in that, even Howard the Duck, which is a great end credit scene. What do you let it lick you like that for? That that is, and I always forget that one of it's the best. There. <laughs> really? 
Like, okay, I, I always remember that there is a Howard the Duck post credit scene, but I can never remember what movie it's in for some reason. Oh, really? Even though this is the only one this that it would make sense This is the only one why it would, that would be <laughs> And then he shows up again in Guardians 2. He's, like, at a bar. It's not in credits. He's oh, just no, in the movie. It's, okay, yeah. I always think that it's the Guardians 2 end credit scene. Oh, really? No, he's yeah. just in that movie. Yeah, uh, then yeah, then I watch Guardians 2 again, and then I realize, yep, nope, he's just, he's just there. You know what they say. You're out of luck until you've gone duck. <laughs> when is our Howard the Duck movie coming? <laughs> After this movie came out, everybody was like, oh, does that mean a Howard the Duck movie? Cause nope. Literally no. nothing has been announced about that character since. Not well, even a no, show. Well, no, there was supposed to be an animated show, but then there, it, it never happened because like, they announced that MODOK show, and there's going to be a Howard the Duck show. But I don't know if that's Where is still the happening. Duck show? Seth Green voiced Howard the Duck Show. And the collector, there's just so many Easter eggs in there. Like that that room is just yeah. reference. there's um speaking of Slither, there's like the thing from Slither is in there, which is pretty that's fun. Uh and you got a dark elf in there and a Chitari soldier, and those are like the ties to the MCU. And then you see like the Tesseract in the ether when he's doing the Infinity Stones thing. It doesn't make a ton of sense to me that when you open an Infinity Stone, I guess you see where, where the other, the other Infinity Stones are. are. That would make it very easy for Thanos, I think. Probably, maybe. Maybe a little too easy, how they made it in Endgame. <laughs> if only he was... Or, sorry, Infinity War. If only he was in the Collector's uh, uh, room in Infinity War and, and could have seen that. <laughs> Guess not. Oh, wait, he was. That's yeah. right. Never mind. Uh, I don't know how I feel about the Collector. I feel like he, he's kind of weird. But, I mean, oh, I guess, well, yeah. <laughs> that's, I mean, I know that's just his character, but... I don't know. Well, his brother in these movies is Jeff Goldblum and Thor Ragnarok is the Grandmaster brother, which is really funny. That makes yeah, that <laughs> makes, makes a lot of sense. sense. Um, but yeah, no, I like it mostly for the. And actually, if you look, and I remember I spotted this my first time seeing this movie. In the background, you can already see Howard the Duck. He's in like a cage on the on the top of the frame for the oh, part where he turns around. And I was like, Dad, it's Howard the Duck. And then at the end, I was like. Ah, he's back. <laughs> and Cosmo, we should mention the the Russian space dog is yeah, in this. Yeah, that is that's probably the the most obvious one. Often uh common rival of Rocket Raccoon in the comic books, but I think in this they Why? exchange like a look. <laughs> he just thinks he's an asshole. <laughs> um, but sometimes right. they work together. It's funny. I like Cosmo. <laughs> I wish that he talked in this. Yeah, it, it made me very sad that he I mean, it's still cute though. Yeah, and he didn't come back either. Nope. You see him in um and then credits of Guardians 2, he's in, like, a circle because there's, like, all these, like, character profiles, like, yearbook-style pictures or whatever going up the screen. You see, like, the Grandmaster, and you see uh, uh, Cosmo. You probably see John C. Riley, honestly. But he's just not in that movie, which is weird to me. It makes me really sad. Especially because there's that whole subplot in that movie where Ego's, like, thing is destroying all the planets. You should show the planet that John C. Riley's on. Yeah. You show Xandar. But whatever. It doesn't matter. It's okay. I mean... It's fine. I still love that he's in this movie and he's great in this movie. So is the guy Pete from Shaun of the Dead is very briefly in this movie. Yeah, I was actually kind of sad that he died, even though yeah, he wasn't that big of a character. I like I him. I'm not really sure why. He makes a joke <laughs> that doesn't make sense, where he calls Rocky Raccoon a hamster, but he shouldn't know what a hamster is. Yeah. Um... Also, there's that part where Peter Quill says, like, oh, if you had a black light in here, it'd look like a Jackson Pollock painting. And Rocky Raccoon reacts to that, even though you shouldn't know what that means. <laughs> um, but it's okay. That whole prison break scene that we briefly talked about, wonderful gag where Groot's, like, grabbing the battery while they're like, we need to not get... That has to be last. And he's just grabbing it. And yeah, like, it's I, great. It's wonderful. I love everything involving Groot. He's a great comic relief character. His sacrifice. No his sacrifice is super intense, too. Mm -hmm. Like, it's, it's a really emotional moment. And he does the fireflies, which... Yeah, it's it's very it's very intense when they they fully convince you that yes, this character is dead, <laughs> and then at the very end he just comes back <laughs> and he does a dance. I mean, yeah, merchandise. It's wonderful. I don't care. Baby yeah. Groot is adorable. Baby Baby He's Groot is great and good choice. Yeah, I love him in in Guardians too. Yes, no, I was I was very nervous that he would become this like Porg minion <laughs> character. Um, I mean, he he was briefly. But yeah, but it wasn't as bad as it usually is. Better than Teenage Groot, who I'm not a fan of. I don't like Teenage yeah, Groot. Yeah, I don't really Pretty I don't shitty, like that as much. Kind of because he's not either of the things he was before. He wasn't a funny character or cute. He just existed, and he didn't really do anything. Yeah. I mean, he, he gave Thor's new weapon a handle. And that was cool. That was a that was about the extent of his help. <laughs> I, I am Groot. I am Steve Rogers. Great moment, but... Be better for his normal group. I don't know. Mm. I, I, I've never, never been a fan of Teenage Group. 
but that's okay. Because he doesn't he's not much of a character. No, he's really I mean he's really not. And I get that's the joke that he doesn't help that he's a teenager, he's on his like game all the time or whatever. It's 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 funny, but it's I wish it's that funny he the was first time, group. but and I mean after that it's kinda just like why is this character still here? <laughs> I hope he's full grown by the next time we see him. Me too. Because I, I don't think see why he wouldn't. We're be. done with the gimmick. I think. Yeah. Like we did it. It was. It I was mean, great, he's gone through the two phases before being an adult. So I think. So they should put him as an adult again. Yeah. That's the Groot I, I want. Yeah. I want. <laughs> I want Guardians One Groot. Back. As much as I like Baby Groot, we need we need normal Groot. He's. <laughs> By beginning of the movie, us. they kill Groot again so he can be Baby Groot. <laughs> Could you imagine? Oh, he, he likes it better that way. <laughs> Baby Groot bobbleheads, which I have. I do have one. Everyone knows. It's too good to pass up. I think my I mean, grandparents had one. Adorable. Really? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's not surprising because it's. I had a teacher who had one too. Yeah, literally everyone had one. Out. Yeah. Well, it's a. It's a very good, marketable design. <laughs> it's very cute. It's. I like it. I, I enjoy that. What do you think about Thanos? His first real appearance. I feel like he looks a little off. There's something yeah. about him that that I don't that doesn't really sit well with me. Well, yeah, I mean it's definitely a different design. Is this the one where he's super pink, or is this... no? That's a, that's Avengers post credit okay. scene. Okay. He's like he's still not the right shade of purple though. He's, he changes. It's like a little off. He changes in this, and he changes in and because he's Avengers colors, and then he's this colors, and then at the Age of Ultron end credit scene is different colors. Like it wasn't. They just keep trying different designs. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad they finally perfected it in Infinity War because he looks great in that. I don't really know. I don't think I like Thanos in this very much. He doesn't look right, and his character seems a little off. He doesn't do anything. He sits in a chair. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's just in one scene, but I'm, I don't know. It just feels like he's like big villain instead of like an actual character. He's just. I love there. when Ronan snaps that guy's neck. the The leader, or not the lead, the master, I think his name is. It's the guy who's in the Avengers with like the six fingers, and he's talking to Loki. It's like the boring guy in the hood. He used oh, the hammer yeah. to snap his neck. I love that. I love it's like because that character always annoyed me. I always thought he was so dumb in Avengers. So seeing him show up for a minute and Ronan just kills him, I thought that was great. <laughs> I really like that. And Thanos doesn't even care. Like it's like why would he? Yeah, it's like when Darth Vader would just like strangle a, like Commander and just throw him into space and Palpatine's like very good anyway <laughs> I love it it's like nobody cares yeah it's just like they're, they're disposable it's fine or when Joker will just kill his own crew because he thinks yeah, it's just funny fucking shoot him in the face cause yeah because it's the joke like nobody, yeah, nobody's gonna stop him nobody's gonna stop him so I, I like that Ronan Ronan feels comfortable enough in front of even Thanos just be like I'll just fucking kill this yeah, guy just, like, this, yeah, guy's okay. fucking, this guy's annoying me so <laughs> and I like when he yells at Thanos at the end when Thanos is like boy and he's like you called me boy <laughs> I will show you because you can tell on the other line like as soon as Thanos like hangs up on that space call <laughs> which is kind of dumb <laughs> that he's like on FaceTime basically um, but you can tell he's just like raging out on the other side like he turns off the phone and he's like that's a fucking Fanny Stone that's mine that's my whole thing <laughs> That's my plan. Ronan, I'm going to fucking destroy. Like, I feel like if Peter Quill didn't kill Ronan, Thanos would have done it himself. Absolutely. I feel like Thanos would have showed up and just <laughs> destroyed him. because Easily. You don't <laughs> fuck with his Infinity Stones unless you give one to Loki, I guess. Uh, maybe he doesn't care. <laughs> ah, <laughs> whatever. Because, yeah, all he said, what does he even say in that scene? He's just like, there's an Infinity Stone on whatever, find yeah, it, don't, right? Don't That's fail it. me or whatever, generic. You will not fail me again. Yeah. Exactly. Again, another Darth Vader line. Yeah, he's kind of just, he's kind of just whatever in this movie. He's not really a character. He's yeah. Just, he's just a, a thing that exists. Everybody made fun of that scene when, when that this came out because we were supposed to be like ready for Infinity War, but then it was like, oh, this guy just sits in a chair and tells people what to do. And yeah, it's too bad that, it's too bad that he never got to prove himself as like a, as a, a cool villain. Unfortunately, it's not like he ever did anything like crazy. Yeah. It's not like he became like, like one of the probably the the vil- character in fiction with the highest kill count or anything. <laughs> so he became By like far. like one of the the most iconic film villains of the last like twenty years. Ronan's makeup is kind of we- it's a lot chunkier than I remember it being. Like it's it like coming off of like, his face. Literally everything about Ronan just doesn't feel very well thought out. Like he he's not a character. His makeup isn't very cool. He doesn't say anything very good. <laughs> yeah, you see his ass though. Do you remember? Yeah, that? I'm sure. You, I'm sure you're real happy about. I that. I just keep track because I was actually really surprised because I didn't remember there being any ass in any of these movies, um, any of the MCU ones. Anyway, obviously X Men movies are basically just excuses to show Hugh Jackman's ass. I don't know why they even make those movies. 
But, but yeah, but. This episode is over. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and that trailer also. I think that trailer skyrocketed sales of Hooked on a Feeling by like 700%. <laughs> Definitely, because that's a really good song. Definitely a very catchy song, and I understand why a lot of people started yeah. listening to it all like suddenly. I just love that. As soon as that trailer came out, it was like 700% sale of that. And then I feel uh, like that happened for all the songs in this movie. As soon as everybody the... just realized that, like, oh shit, all these songs are really good. They are. They are. Exactly <laughs> what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I think we should do a show about. I thought about this like a year ago. I would love to do a show where we talk about trauma movies called Traumatized. I think that'd be awesome. That would be very fun. One day. One day we'll, yeah. we should do that. I think that'd be cool when we've run out of other things to talk about we could probably get lloyd kaufman to talk to us if we did it quick enough yeah i probably i know oh what do you think about the whole drax wants revenge on ronan because he killed his family thing it works on this but then it never comes back yeah it seems a little kind of just like generic Mm -hmm. it's just like yeah i killed my family big revenge character big scary intimidating not gonna make any rational decisions when it comes to who murdered my family. <laughs> I do love at the end when he's like, "It's Thanos. I need to kill." <laughs> That's very yeah, funny. Th- that does that not come back in Infinity War? No, no. I mean, it kind of does. He was he was in the fight with Thanos. He was in the fight, but he never says anything. He's never like, "You killed my my family." Yeah. I mean, unlike Peter Quill, probably more important to just focus on the fight. <laughs> yeah, Peter, you really fucked that one up. It's pretty intense though seeing um like seeing Thanos and seeing Gamora and it's like he's going to fucking kill you dude. <laughs> like anytime yeah. I'm seeing like Gamora and Star-Lord together it's like this is doomed. Like yeah, it's like, pretty you guys like they really fucking it's it's very weird they seeing They changed the whole tone of it in a really <laughs> really scary way. Yeah, it's uh it's interesting to see kind of a lot of these movies but especially the Guardians ones with the context of, like, Infinity War and Endgame, which is, like, yeah, all of you are completely fucked. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> this guy is business. But all like, of you have, like, I we've seen all of you die and exactly. come back to life. And exactly. also, Gamora is permanently dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and also, I don't remember what I was going to say after. All of you are <laughs> fucked up. Like <laughs> Exactly. No, it really is. It's It's... It's pretty tragic in in that way. Whenever you go back to these movies, it's like I know what happens to this character. Yeah, it's like, it's really unfortunate. Going to happen. I like that we've we've watched pretty much every movie we've done on this podcast has been after Endgame. So we've we we've known the ultimate fates of everybody this whole time, and it's it's yeah, it's pretty cool having that knowledge and going back and watching these because I do I do love these characters as much as I say some of the characterization sometimes goes back and forth. I love all these characters and they're wonderful, especially in this movie. Like Rocket Raccoon became like a household name immediately. Like as yeah, soon as this that movie was came that out, was quick. Everybody knew Groot in Rocket Raccoon and and all these characters that you wouldn't really know otherwise. Which I mean, I I still want to look into the Guardians comics. How are they? Did you read any of them? I mean, I've read them. I've never been big into that. Like everybody loves the 2008 run. Like if you're gonna read one, that's the one you should read. Um, yeah, I've I've heard like mixed things about it. Like some people really like them, but like some people just think they're like all right. Yeah, they're, like, uh, they're, they're just kind of whatever. They're fine. Like, I prefer, the characters aren't as good as they are in the movies. I prefer all the movie characters. They're kind of vague comic book, like just generic comic book characters in the comic books. If I'm honest, I wish I liked them. There's some really great uh, Rocket Raccoon comics actually, like Solo. Well, Rocky Raccoon and Groot. God damn, I feel so bad for not saying everything that I feel like we should say about this. Like, I just yeah, everything's we've been going great. for like a while. I know, <laughs> I know. Uh, it's just such a great movie, Franny. It's Rapid so great. fire. What do you want to say? <laughs> um, I love the bit when Groot grows the flower. That's rad. <laughs> it's, it's really adorable. I love. I mean, I just, I love every interaction. I love when they're talking about twelve percent of a plan, and he's he's just building the bomb. And he's like, "Don't touch that." There's a bomb in there. It's great. like every line. Yeah, there is are great. just there's it's very small things that don't end up coming back that just add to kind of just the characters just like getting to know each other. Yeah, which is nice to see. I love the. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. It almost feels like in in some movies there's like a group of characters that kind of just don't have any chemistry together, and they just eventually get like super close for no reason. 
but in this mm. you like you see them get to know each other and it's just it's fun to see them just kind of fuck around together <laughs> yeah no there is actually uh like a film school term for it the first thing you said it's called suicide squad <laughs> 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 they don't have any ke- any chemistry um and it's and they're still like la I, familia or something i i really wish that there was like that that was the <laughs> term for it like just like a super underdeveloped group of characters it's called suicide squad syndrome <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh my god and i know i should bring this and i know when we do our suicide squad episode eventually i'll definitely bring this up again spirit in the sky a song that they use in this movie they use it in suicide squad everybody accused suicide squad being like a guardians of the galaxy clone in a lot of the ways like a lot of different ways they definitely um, it's definitely obvious that they took some inspiration but they literally that. stole a song <laughs> for yeah, the movie that definitely it's ridiculous it's the most uh, when i was in the theater i was free i was like are you fucking kidding it me? feels like a little more than just a coincidence <laughs> like that is the most that is the most like blasphemous yeah somebody like, somebody took a little too much inspiration from guardians of the galaxy I've ever seen like that blew my mind they just shamelessly did that anyway oh i have to talk about because i said i'd talk about this a long time ago i have to talk about my james gunn hentai theory because i told you about this before how i think james gunn has a weird hand it's it's not in this one it's definitely the smallest and i don't even know if this is a theory is it because of tentacles well yeah so slither that whole movie, tons of tentacles. At the end of the movie, Michael Rooker, spoiler alert, turns into a giant tentacle monster <laughs> with the face of Michael Rooker. Oh, um, it's great, though. I, I really <laughs> like that movie. But yeah, uh, Super, there is a incredibly, there's a scene where the main character, like at the start of the movie, and again, it's been like five years since I've seen this, but I remember this. He's watching like super graphic hentai at the start. And he has a dream where like this giant tentacle monster like takes the top of his head off and touches his brain or whatever. And then in this, and this is definitely the, the smallest one. This is grasping at straws, but Peter Quill talks about how he had sex with that oh, tentacle yeah. lady. And then there's the big tentacle monster at the start of volume two. So I think there's something going on there. That's all I'm saying. I'm not shaming him like what you like, but I'm just saying it's something I've noticed and no one brings up. I think it's a little bit of a stretch. But, you think him having a hentai monster in Super is a stretch? Okay. And tentacle monsters in every other movie? I'm saying it's a stretch, but I wouldn't be surprised at all because it's James Gunn. <laughs> yeah, I just it's just something people don't talk about, and I think it's there. Except for if you're Samuel L. Jackson, who who openly like <laughs> hentai too. <laughs> I love that. He's the fucking best. Yeah, um, I love him. Yeah, he's great. I'm sure there's a tentacle monster in there is in Scooby Doo too. Scooby Doo turns a lot into of a horny things in Scooby Doo in the Scooby Doo. Yeah, movies. I know. So oh, that, I know. That, that, Shaggy that with fits boobs. Right I know. But remember when <laughs> Scooby turns into a tentacle monster when yeah, they're drinking the yeah. potions? So there you go. There's another one. That's all the ones I have. <laughs> I was trying to think of another one. Yeah, I, um, there, there's there's a couple too many for it to like just be a coincidence. But I I don't know. Just an observation. <laughs> I thought I should bring that up on this platform that we have yeah. to, to bring up whatever thank we you, want. Thank you for sharing oh, your, yeah. your theory. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming to my show and tell. Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. Yeah, there you where go. Where I talk about <laughs> fucking James Gunn and my, <laughs> and my theories about him. Um, okay, well, I guess we'll just read listener stuff and stop. I know I'm just going to. There's just too much. There's yeah, just there, too much to talk it's about. Just like, it's a big movie. Yeah, it's. How long is it? I mean, it's only like two hours, but I just mean there's so much in it, especially with all the characters. I love when they have the the fight where they get the the, well. Sorry, I love where they get. I love when they get drunk and they have that fight, like Drax and Rocket and Groot. I love that, like when they're betting on them and Rocket's talking about how he's like being torn apart and put back together, because that's like his backstory. Yeah, it's like a lab experiment basically, and I love that. Like it really shows that. It's one of those things where it's like this character makes jokes because he's in lots of pain, <laughs> and I I think that's a great version. Just of like that. all of the characters in this, <laughs> that's true. Except Gamora. I mean, she's definitely the least jokey of them, but she still says Kevin Bacon stuff. Okay, all Paul has to say is: Last time I watched it during lockdown, I cried about eight times. I think just a phenomenal movie. Nothing bad to say about it at all. Perfection, Chef's kiss. It's a very emotional movie. It is, yeah. With the opening, um, I'm not even gonna talk well, about actually. One and two are very emotional movies. <laughs> yeah, two for me more yeah, so. I definitely think. two um, is a, is a little more. There's a lot of sad stuff that happens in that movie. But the start of this movie is is definitely, definitely super intense. Um, 
And and I'm not even going to talk about how it's kind of weird that Pierre Quill had waited 26 years to open his mom's present because I'm not going to talk about that because um, that would be that would be kind of mean if I talked. Not about even going to bring it up. Not going to bring up that. That's kind of weird. Noah says such an unexpectedly good time. I remember this was the first one my dad was saying he didn't really want to go and see, but of course I convinced him, and it's one of our favorites to this day. Such a wholesome and exciting spin on sci-fi. I'll never not love it, even if Chris Pratt is a Pratt. Thanks, Noah. Absolutely. Man, yeah, such a great time in the theater. It really was. Um, Tim McMullen Condo says, love this idea. My favorite Marvel movie. To- uh, I just got logged out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we'll never know what Tim <laughs> thought about the movie, but... Sorry about that. That's completely my bad. This is a wonderful movie. It's so... It's just so great. These characters mean so much to me. They're all perfectly defined. James Gunn did an absolutely incredible job. One of the best movies in the Soul Universe. This and the second one are both two of my personal favorites. And I guess we really did say... I don't think we said everything, but we definitely we definitely said a lot. We definitely did say a lot of things, both related and unrelated to this movie. <laughs> and we hope you enjoyed all of it. Um... No matter how much of it gets edited out. Uh, well, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at MarvelMoviePod. You can email us at MarvelMoviePod at gmail.com. You can find our DC show, Every DC Movie Ever. I'll leave a link below. You can find that anywhere you find podcasts and on YouTube. And social media for that is DCMoviePod uh, at gmail.com, at DCMoviePod on Instagram and Twitter. You can find me on Instagram at FlipDeg. You can find me on Twitter at FlipDeg, but the e is a three. Franny was abducted from Earth when he was a small boy in 1988. Um, and I also de-aging stuff because Franny's been digitally de-aged. No de-aging in this, actually. Yeah, that's surprising. That's Yeah, I mean, I guess this isn't... It doesn't get crazy until... Ant-Man is actually when it starts being like every single movie has one, I think, except <laughs> for Spider-Man. Man? 2015. We're talking about that pretty soon. But not as soon as Avengers Age of Ultron, which we will be talking about in two weeks on the show. Uh, our friend Tim Fleming will be back to talk... About that with us, so that'll be a that'll be a super fun time. Um, and next week, what won't be a super fun time on our DC show, Superman three, Superman three. So oh, tune in for good. that whenever good. that's coming out. So um, excited! Yeah, just 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 hold on for that Avengers episode because that'll be the that'll be the good one for the month. So <laughs> we'll see we'll see you then, guys. Certainly not that one, or certainly not the next one, and definitely not this one. <laughs> I love everything we do. Don't listen to Franny. Don't let Franny turn you off. No, I love it too. It's very fun. Thank you for listening. (laughs) Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Superman 3. Don't watch Superman 3 for us. Watch Avengers a couple times. Yeah. Or just watch this movie a couple times. Oh, yeah. Now I'm standing. You all happy? We're all standing up now. Bunch of jackasses standing in a circle.